drive to create things. You're a writer, a photographer, a musician, a maker. You're ready to make things happen. But chasing creative isn't always easy. Your time and energy go to your work, your family, and your life. Is it really possible to make space for the creative in your everyday? Here at the Chasing Creative Podcast, we believe you can. We're talking to everyday creatives who have insights and action steps you can take today to make your creative plans happen. I'm Ashley Brooks, a freelance writer and editor at Brooks Editorial and work-at-home mom who would love to devote more time to creative writing and journaling. And I'm Abigail Krebs, the writer and photographer behind Inkwells and Images. I'm living my creative life nights and weekends after I get home from my full-time job at an ad agency. And you're listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. two of my friends in real life, Jenna and Josiah Hazel. Jenna and Josiah are newlyweds and one of the most creative couples I know. Jenna works from home as a self-employed photographer and blogger, and Josiah works in marketing and makes music as much as he can in his spare time. He finds selling other people's stuff easier than selling his own, and I think that is true for a lot of us creative types. Uh, They currently live outside of Chicago, but are moving to Denver in the near future, and they recently released their first full album for their band called Settling Houses. So welcome to the podcast, Jenna and Josiah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited you guys are here. So tell us a little bit about your creative lives so far and how you started doing all of the different things that you guys are doing. Um, Well, I guess, okay, so I feel like I've always tried to do things creative. and always wished I could find something that that made it my job. Um, and I haven't always been successful, I think, but I've always tried to do it um, in whatever spare time I had or uh, uh, sometimes my friends and I, if we were working together, would would come up with stories and stuff like while, we, while we're working. So it's, that was always an outlet too. Um, in the middle of that, I decided it was a bad story. But yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. And music's always been something that I've always been focused on or always loved doing and sort of haven't had to work too hard at to find time for compared to maybe some other things. It sounds like the perfect creative calling is something you don't have to work too hard to find time <laughs> yeah. for. Um, I know a lot of us struggle with that. Uh, what about yourself, Jenna? When did you start kind of writing and, and blogging and start taking photos and realize that was something you really, really wanted to devote a lot of time to? I would say my second year of college, I decided that I was going to start a blog, which was like so intimidating at the time. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to write things and people are going to read them. And I mean, I guess it's probably not just me. That's super scary uh, to do initially. And which is silly now looking back because nobody read it like at all. So it didn't matter. <laughs> but, you know, like putting yourself out there right away is just so it's just intimidating. And I honestly I never would have thought of myself as a creative person growing up. I mean, I, I did like creative things, but I never was like, oh, I'm the creative one. Um, I was the practical <laughs> one, kind of like um, I know that we're going to talk about later that I went to nursing school, which was a very, very practical thing to do 
Um, but now I'm finding myself in the creative world and realizing that I am a creative person. So I don't know, is that, <laughs> that's pretty much kind of where my journey was. I started a food blog and that is where I kind of learned food photography and then eventually graduated into taking pictures of people. Well, first cats, because animals are more willing. <laughs> well, I think once you can take pictures of things like that that move, you can move on to people and know that something that's going to be still is a little easier. But, um, and then somehow in making a career out of it, that's kind of where I'm at and kind of my journey, I guess, really in the last three years where I've realized that I can do creative things full time and not necessarily have to devote all my time to a practical job. Yeah, that's awesome. And it sounds like, I mean, it's kind of a tricky question to answer. I think all of our guests struggle with it a little bit because they're trying to condense like all of their creative lives into just a couple of sentences, like a really quick summary. And it's not an easy thing to do when you do so many different things. Like you guys, um, you do have a lot of creative things going on. Um, Josiah, you're a musician and a graphic artist. And Jenna, like you said, you've got the blog and you're into creative cooking and your photography business. Um, so how has your creativity changed or how has the way that you've expressed that creativity changed since you've been married to each other? Um, like, do you kind of feed off of each other since you're both such creative people? I think we do to a certain extent. Um, we... Um I think the, the major way that it has changed is that, so 40 hours a week, I'm at home working on my creative thing, my photography business, and Josiah is at work pouring his energy into a nine to five that isn't necessarily his creative outlet. So when he gets home from work, that's when he wants to jump in and start being creative. And I'm kind of spent on my creative energy for the day. Mm-hmm. And it's been kind of hard to find that balance of, I mean, when he gets home, I'm kind of like, all right, let's go work out and then let's watch Friends. And he's like, oh, I really <laughs> want to like play the guitar. Definitely don't want to work out. And so so that, that's been, I think, our biggest challenge, being married and trying to strike that balance. Um, but I've been trying to kind of give myself a break to do something else during the day and maybe saving some like editing or just other computer work that I can do next to him while he's working on his creative thing at night because our creative projects don't always overlap. They're not always things that we're working on together. So, but when they are, it's, that's nice too because we just have our, that's how we spend our evening. I was going to say, what about you, Josiah? Have you noticed any difference in your creativity since kind of getting married and having this other person just sharing your space 100% of the time? It's hard to tell. Um, what is like what's just getting married and what's just like growing up and being responsible I think mm-hmm. um, no totally <laughs> understand because I, I re, like I've, I've had to schedule creative time a bit more than I'm used to or um, sort of plan it a bit more which is which was not something I was used to um, but again I, I'm not sure that's uh, that's completely related to getting married and and sharing a space as much as it's just um also having adult things that I have to do but I think that's probably the biggest thing I've had to kind of learn how to work with um planning in general learning how to 
um, but also taking that to uh, creative things. I think that oftentimes you and I both will feel bad if we're taking time away from spending with each other. (laughs) And I'm sure that's something that both of you um, find in your marriages as well, that you feel like, oh, I should be spending that time with um, my husband. So you feel bad taking time away from them. And you you have to sometimes, or else you're not really going to be able to feed that creative um, or utilize that creative outlet. Because I think there's a lot of people who feel guilty about doing creative stuff because it takes them away from their families, like either their kids or their spouses. And it's like, I don't know, for me personally, like I'm not a super fantastic person to be around if I don't take time to read and write and be by myself because otherwise I kind of just get cranky. So it's like no one would want to see me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally second that. Yeah, I think especially if you're a fairly creative person in general, you do, you need that kind of regenerative time to go and read a book or, um, you know, for you to say it might be, you know, strum a guitar for a while just to kind of get back into your own little space and kind of remember who you are and what you like and what you enjoy. And I think we almost, I mean, owe it to our, our spouses and our families to be like the best person we can be. And sometimes that does mean taking a little bit of time for ourselves in order to remember like, oh yeah, I'm a real person too. Like I have... <laughs> likes and goals and hobbies and I can I can still have time for those and be in a relationship as well definitely yeah so speaking of making time for things and especially creative things um Josiah you are working full-time and then you also wrote recorded and produced your own album in the last few months so how have you been making time to balance all of that uh it's been a lot of um in between times, like I did a lot of it in my car during my lunch break. Um, and a lot of it happened sort of in my office after hours or, or here late at night. Um, so try, I guess it was, it was kind of just trying to find these small available moments to, to, um, put or to work on it. And then again, I guess referencing earlier too is like learning how to plan it or learning how to plan for it and sort of um, actually making a schedule to try and um, manage everything. Not and not it didn't always go perfectly or super smoothly, but um, I don't know. It was it was a lot of just like five minutes here, 15 minutes there, stuff like that. Just uh, trying to get it done. I know a lot of times as creative people, we often want like these big, big, huge chunks of hours where we like, I'm devoting an entire weekend to this wonderful project that I have. Yeah. And it just seems so like lofty and aspirational. So it's really great to hear that you accomplish something that's so big. I mean, that's such a big project in such like little kind of scraps amount of time. That's really encouraging. And I think a lot of people yeah. could maybe take a cue from that. It was it was definitely it could be discouraging sometimes when it was uh, maybe a week of just five minutes a day or something like that. Um, so I would I would get it would open up the the file again and it would it wouldn't be much different or anything like that. But um, I don't I don't know. It just kept going. Eventually, those five minutes added up and it, and it actually happened, which was cool to see and finally have out there. I guess. And that's. 
the the big point I think is that those five minutes here and there really do add up even if it feels like really insignificant amounts of time at the moment and I think there's a lot of people who hesitate to really make a move on their creative projects because they think they don't have enough time and your story really kind of proves that like you can do big things in small amounts of time you just have to be patient and wait but they will add up eventually yeah and it's it's not always super obvious i guess i, I guess i, I kind of got into uh the mindset of i was just like waiting in a way and so I, i'd like kind of tell myself okay check you know actually check back in in a week don't and just kind of on in these five minutes don't worry about how much different it is from yesterday just kind of keep going and then check your progress after seven days of doing it or whatever, mm-hmm. which I think helps help me not go crazy. Yeah, is that kind of the same rule for, you know, don't jump on the scale every single day and worry about <laughs> those like, half-pound increments, like do it once a week or once every two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Or once there's, every there's year. Some, there's some <laughs> fitness application here. Yeah. Uh, so now, Jenna, you have a bit of the opposite problem, and I know Ashley has talked about this on the podcast before as well, is you have, you know, 40 hours a week that aren't really scheduled for you. So you, you know, quote unquote, have all the time in the world for your creative projects. But I know Ashley has said before, when she had all the time in the world to get her work done, she was probably more lazy and more Mm -hmm. unscheduled (laughs) than now that she has children. Yep. (laughs) What have you figured out, Jenna, that helps you kind of stay on track or like check those goals off that list every day or every week? Um, I think the first thing that I do is, well, at the beginning of the week, I'll make like a list, a very probably obnoxiously detailed list of the things I'm going to accomplish (laughs) each day. And then I don't always share it with Josiah, but Josiah, I just know Josiah knows. He'll check in with me. He knows what I'm doing, what I need to accomplish for the day. And I, we talk usually over his lunch and I kind of like fill him in on what I've been doing. And I think that that kind of keeps me motivated to not be like, oh, yeah, I, like, fed the cat and I vacuumed. <laughs> you know, I mean, it it's good to be able to call – for him to call me when he's on lunch and me to, be able, me to be able to be like, oh, yeah, I edited and I worked on some marketing and I cleaned the house, I mean, and I worked out. and you, I mean, you know, just to be able to – I guess having somebody who you're accountable to is important, whether it's your husband or a friend or maybe just having like, um, I also have like for my blog, a pretty scheduled um, or pretty detailed schedule of what's going to happen. I try to have at least two weeks out. I know that I'm failing in that right now, (laughs) but you know, it just, it structure, structure is what I need and structure is how I thrive. So um, not, I, I don't really have that because it's a 40, I have 40 hours a week to be creative. So I have to create that on my own, I guess. Like I don't have the typical boss that I'm answering to. I have to create that on my own. Yeah. I've had those exact same struggles. And honestly, I never got myself into a very structured routine. Like I had a routine, I guess, but I was just never really able to be as productive as I should have been able to be in 40 hours until I had a baby and all of a sudden I didn't have 40 hours. And it was like, oh, I guess I have to figure this out now. Like, I don't know (laughs) if I'm just not naturally organized enough or what, but it really took like major life change for me to ever 
accomplish anything <laughs> during the day. So it's awesome that you've found a structured and a schedule and a routine that works for you. Some days it is definitely a struggle, though, because I like like this last weekend, I had a lot of mini sessions that I was doing. So I'm like, okay, is Monday a work day or is Monday an off day? I don't know. How am I treating Mm -hmm. this? You know, sometimes that's hard because like if you're working the weekend, sometimes it's like you you want to take a break because you don't want to get burned out, but you don't want to take a break because you kind of want to stay ahead. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Today was kind of half and half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and sometimes what I do is because um, I have childcare on Fridays. My mom watches the baby on Fridays because she doesn't have to work. So sometimes on Fridays, I'll like buckle down and get a ton of work done. And then other times I'm like, I'm going to go visit a friend and be gone all day and not do any work at all. And when I do that, then I work on Saturdays during Hadley's nap like I normally would. And I'm like, it's okay. Like I totally skipped out on work all day yesterday. So don't like that was my Saturday. Like, don't be resentful that you're working on Saturday now. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's good that you can kind of, I guess, self police yourself as well. Like, you know, Hey, I need a day off, so I'm going to do nothing today, but that does mean I'm going to have to make up for it tomorrow. And as long as you're making that decision and you're, you know, making it intentionally, I think that's amazing that you get that opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tricky sometimes. Like, I do still sometimes struggle with that feeling. And I'm sure that you get this, too, because you probably work on weekends a lot, Jenna. But that whole, like, oh, it's a weekend and I'm working. And you forget that you give yourself other times off during the day that, like, people with a regular 9 to 5 don't get. Right. It's fine. Like, okay, it's one weekend. But then if it's the next weekend, you really start to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm coming up on my busy season at my day job, and so it will be a lot of weekends between now and July, August, and I'm already kind of looking forward to it with a little bit of dread, but, you know, this is what I signed on for, so I guess it's uh, my own fault. (laughs) Um, So, now, Jenna, you said earlier that you got a nursing degree. You kind of were raised very practically. You were going to get this practical degree for this practical job, and you did. You, you got your nursing degree, and instead of pursuing a career in nursing, you fell in love with photography and started pursuing that on the side and eventually turned it into your full-time gig. So what prompted you to make that decision? Like, what is there a turning point that you can say, like, yes, that is the moment I decided not to do nursing anymore? At the beginning of my last year of nursing school, I i don't want to say I knew 100% that I wasn't going to do nursing, but I hoped I wasn't going to do nursing. <laughs> I, it was not my passion at all. And I remember I actually texted one of my friends before we had a big test, and I'm sure I was crying for like the millionth time. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to do photography. And she's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, that's not practical. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, she's right. So I'm going to keep pushing through nursing school, and I'm going to do it. And I did. And I came out and still wasn't sure if I was going to work as a nurse. I had like this awkward waiting time between Josiah and I getting married and so I graduated from nursing school in May and then we got married in August. So I wasn't really like looking for a job 
super actively because mm -hmm. I he lived like we were gonna live like two hours away from my parents house so I was like well I can't really start now so it ended up working out though because I never really ended up pursuing a nursing job and I Josiah was the one who actually encouraged me he was like you should do something that you love and I'm like okay mm -hmm. well I I don't know if I really know what I love and he's like you love photography and I'm like yeah but you can't make a job out of that <laughs> and <laughs> somehow I I am and I really think without him I there's no way I would be if, without Josiah I would be working a nursing job and I would I could be happy I could totally be happy probably doing a nursing job but it wouldn't be feeding my the creative part of me and so I'm really thankful that he gave me the push to now he's like standing all tall and mighty <laughs> looking at me <laughs> it's like yep all me completely 100 percent. Right. but I am really thankful for that because I I would not want to be working at a, a nursing job now because I get to be creative all day and it's great <laughs> <laughs> No tears ever, right? Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Sometimes there are. There might have been this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally understand. The same thing over here. Um, I know I actually, in high school, thought I might go to college for art or photography or something like that. And the same kind of thing as you, Jenna. I just decided, like, no, that's not practical. I can't do that. I'll never get a job. I'll be a starving artist forever. <laughs> And just decided not to. And now I kick myself that so I did. So you got an English degree, um, which is like so not the most degree. practical <laughs> thing in the world either. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did start college to be an architect. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe that I that did know that. That was That's crazy. Yeah. Um, calculus and I were not friends in college. <laughs> I did fine in calculus in high school and then got to college. It was like, nope, not the same math thing. Math is harder <laughs> in college. Like, I guess it should be, it, it but totally like was. math in college is crazy hard. <laughs> There's a big jump. It, it wasn't good. Yeah, so then I actually thought I was going to be a teacher and started kind of going through the English program because I had to have so many credits of English before I could apply to the teaching program. And by the time I got like so many credits to the English program, I was like, nope, I'm just sticking with this. I'm not even going to do the teaching thing. And I mean, kind of had some freedom in the fact that I was already married by the time I was graduating college. And so Scott had a good job and I didn't have to find a good job right off the bat. And so I had a little bit more like leeway, I guess, to get an English degree, which is maybe not the most practical thing in the world. Um, but I've managed to turn it into something pretty good. I mean, I have a decent mm -hmm. job. <laughs> I mostly only said that because I've always thought, like, why wouldn't English be a practical degree? And I didn't realize I until I was in that program that people, like, you know, relatives and stuff would ask what your degree was. And then you'd tell them and they'd all be like, oh, can you get a job with that? And I was like, yeah, why couldn't I? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I always tell people is I just learned because I did a, a double major in English and history. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to write and research and communicate like exponentially well. And I think that translates into any any job or field that you enter. That is true. So. You definitely have strong yeah. communication skills. I always hate responding to your <laughs> emails because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm <laughs> Abby's so well put together. And then I'm going to respond. And it's just like, no, nothing <laughs> compares. <laughs> 
Oh, no, never feel bad responding. I do not. And, and this is the type A part of me, but I do not hold anyone else to like the same communication standard that I have for myself. And Scott, my husband, is very grateful for that every day. <laughs> commas. I'm like, I'm just not going to use any commas when I talk to Abby because then I can't be like, oh, I didn't know there wasn't supposed to be one there. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no shame, no judgment, no nothing. But uh, so you guys said, you know, you both have these creative projects you're doing kind of by yourself. You know, Josiah is really, really into the music side of things. And Jenna, you are in the photography and kind of, you know, designing your own website and those sort of things. Um, but you also this winter um, worked together on the album. So Josiah did most of the writing for it. And then Jenna, you helped out on vocals as well. So what was it like working together on a project like that? How did it impact kind of your, your evenings or your dynamic? I think we, we were uh, talking about this the other day. and There were some tears. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I think we learned a lot about how differently we work. I think we learned a lot about allowing each other to utilize their strengths um, <laughs> starting out, it, I was like, oh, I really need to like help with everything. But if you know me, I'm really not, I'm really not that musical. I'm really not. Um, Josiah's, it's Josiah's <laughs> thing and he is so good at it. And he graciously allowed me to join him in it because I'm really not, it's not my thing. I needed to be okay with him going off and working on his creative thing and me working on something else and then just going in for like the vocals or working on writing a song because I'm just not good at the other stuff. <laughs> so that was that was a challenging part in the beginning. But I think by the end, we kind of worked yeah. pretty in sync. And that was weird for me, too, because I I've never worked alone on stuff like that. Um, I've always had like it's never been just my thing. Um, so it was kind of weird or, or it was difficult to get used to um, sort of Jenna maybe like wanting to take a step back or and stuff and me just kind of having to because I doubt myself a lot. <laughs> so a lot of what I do is like, does this sound good? Does this sound good? Does this sound good? Over and over again. Um, and so what we kind of had to do in order to make any progress was kind of a, I would just sort of had to learn to just be like, I, I like how this sounds. This is how it's going to go, <laughs> um, which is, I think, has been really helpful, um, but definitely new. I did a lot of listening. That was a huge, yeah. that was probably a major role that I had. Yeah. That and, I mean, the vocals, but I was, I think, I was your sounding board. Right. I was going to say, it sounds like it was sort of learning a whole new way of communication for you guys, like just I sort of so. like mm -hmm. taking on like whole nother roles that you weren't used to having because you'd never done a project yeah. like this before together. So you're just learning mm -hmm. your way along. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And especially since you guys got married in August and then I imagine started thinking about it, recording, whatever, fairly shortly after that. I mean, that yeah, first year of marriage, you guys are still in it is really hard. I know Scott and I, um, you just, you have to learn like I said earlier, to be in someone else's space all the time and you see all of the good parts and all of the, the not so good parts and you just have to kind of like figure out this new dynamic now that you're you know married and living together and this is permanent and <laughs> there's like so much weight attached to all of those like firsts 
And I imagine it would be really hard to embark in some big creative project at the same time that you're still kind of learning each other. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it was hard, but I I think it also sort of uh, maybe accelerated um, the that process. We we were able to sort of learn about each other in a more fast paced environment in some sense too, mm-hmm. um, because we had we both had the sort of same goal, um, and we would. Uh, sort of get staggered sometimes with uh, when we wanted to complete or what parts we wanted to do. Um, But I think that sort, I I don't know, I feel like it, it it kind of threw us into learning about each other and in the ways you were talking about um, really, really quickly. Yeah. You just kind of had to dive into the deep end and yeah. learn how to swim right away. I think I think um, the fact that we were working on something together, it, we were sort of building something. We were constructing something both at the same time, um, which meant even if we were uh, maybe had different ideas, different opinions, different feelings of um, excitement about the project, we were still going towards the same spot, which I think helped us stay on track without sort of getting distracted too much by all the, uh, or by, oh, I didn't know that about you, or, oh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that was your first big creative project together, and now your next one here is your upcoming move to Denver. So you recently decided to pick up life in Chicago and move it out west. Um, What kind of prompted you guys to make this decision? D- decision? <laughs> what prompted you to make this decision, this big decision, to just kind of move life and try it somewhere else? Since Josiah and I started dating, how many years ago? Five years ago now? We always talked about moving to Denver. I had never been there when we first started talking about it. I just trusted Josiah. I was like, if you love it, I'm going to love it, of course. And we finally went there two years after we'd been dating and I fell in love with it and our goal had kind of always been to move there maybe not right away just to like eventually end up out there or somewhere or somewhere really I mean we we at one point looked at moving to LA visited LA decided we're not moving to LA (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know just kind of wanted to we've always grown up um, two hours from where we live now so it's like it's really not like that far from our parents, which isn't bad. We love being by our parents, but you know, kind of get off and do our own thing. Um, so that's what kind of prompted us looking into Denver. And I actually, randomly, we were actually visiting in January and then we came home and I was going through Instagram and I randomly saw that a photographer that I've been following pretty like closely for the past couple of years just put that she was hiring an intern and I was like oh that's cool and then I I didn't even know she was based out of Denver I thought she was because she had just moved there from Santa Barbara California and I was like oh that's cool she's hiring somebody in Denver and then I was like wait I should apply for that and see because like because I really (laughs) want to get into weddings but right now I'm not really doing any, well, now I am because I applied for the job and I got the job and I'm going to be working with her. 
But the wedding industry is really hard to get into. So I really wanted to work closely with somebody who is in that. And so being able to get two of the things that I love, wedding photography and Denver, out of the internship was a pretty good deal. So that's our, our initial prompt for moving to Denver. And it's really, really scary, actually, because everything else is a little up in the air. But we're really, really, really excited about it. And I think it's like five weeks away that we're moving, which is coming nice. up. <laughs> well, congratulations on getting the internship and making such a bold move towards this sort of shared dream that you guys have already or always had. Because um, I know a lot of people would sort of just sort of put that on the back burner and be like, oh, maybe someday or like, oh, that's too big of a risk right mm -hmm. now. And I think it's really awesome that you guys are like making the leap and doing that just because you want to. Yeah, I think it was kind of our biggest fear that we would look back in like 10 years and be OK. We live in Chicago, which isn't like a bad place to live or anything. It's like there's stuff <laughs> happening and, you know, but to be to go off and be where we want to be, like, I guess on this adventure, we we didn't want to look back in 10 years and be like, oh, we missed out. We'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will have to call you for an update after you settle on in. But that is really exciting that you just were like, oh, I want to be in Denver. I'll apply and got the internship. I just feel like that is just confirmation that that goal is something that you should be striving for. It's amazing. Yeah, we're hoping that it's confirmation yeah. we're hoping we're not reading <laughs> yeah. the situation wrong you know hopefully we're reading it right yeah. yeah well you never know it's it's the next big adventure so yeah uh regardless of how it turns out it's your your first big big adventure together and i think that that makes uh makes it a little bit unique um regardless of the outcome um so you guys are going to be moving how do you think this will impact your creative projects, both you know individually and then also maybe together? I, th I think it's going to be really good. Um, I don't know. I think so. Right now, we live still about an hour from Chicago, forty-five minutes. Um, so we're going to be a lot closer to downtown Denver, um, which for me is really I'm really excited about because um, there's going to be a lot more open mics that I can try and do and um, just maybe a few more opportunities to to try and do some music stuff mm -hmm. um, and I think I don't know I think and I, again I well I could totally be wrong but I feel like um, the sort of fresh start or brand new area will just kind of help a, or encourage both of us separately to work on our work on our stuff and kind of have a fresh perspective on everything. That's what I predict is going to happen. We'll see. Could uh, could not hear anything from me for five years. No. <laughs> Hopefully not. That sounds very <laughs> ominous. Josiah <laughs> no. already has like 10 new songs already written. So I know there's going to be a new album soon. Uh, well, good. What about yourself, Jenna? Well, this is probably not that important, but I kind of foresee it affecting my ability to play in the kitchen for a little bit just you know like things partially packed up and then mm -hmm. partially still packed when, once we're there so that's that's something I'm a little worried about because I like some people like do don't really like cooking but 
I honestly get disappointed that I can only cook three meals a day. I am like, oh man, I want to, like I could cook all day. Like next to photography, it is probably one of my favorite things to do. Specifically baking, but I really, really do enjoy cooking as well. So that might be a little challenging to be like, okay, we're going to like order pizza because it's so much easier. I didn't get to play in the kitchen today, but Mm -hmm. that's just, that's probably just me. Other people probably don't care nearly as much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just look at it as motivation to get all your kitchen stuff unpacked right away so you can get back to baking. There we go. (laughs) There we go. But other than that, I really hope that the different landscapes, I hope that will inspire um, me with my photography and... A few less cornfields to take pictures of. Yeah, a few, a few less, yeah. <laughs> less cornfields. Yeah, so I hope that that and... I don't know, I guess I haven't thought a ton more about how it was going to affect me creatively. Maybe it'll be different writing for my blog, too, just because, you know, it's new scenery and a more urban life because now we live in the suburbs i said chicago i made us sound cooler than we are (laughs) (laughs) we live in the suburbs the suburbs are affordable so (laughs) good for you guys (laughs) yeah we always tell people that we live in madison and really we live in fitchburg but nobody knows where fitchburg is so we just say madison yeah (laughs) yeah so you guys mentioned that you know josiah you've already got like another couple of songs written and there's going to be another album coming out and Um, We talk a lot on the podcast here about like self-promotion and how that's so awkward for a lot of creatives and nobody likes doing it. So especially in the music industry, which seems like it's pretty competitive, it's a pretty tough space to really break into. Um, Do you ever find yourself like pulled too far towards promoting your music and not doing enough to create more of it? Or do you struggle with self-promotion at all? Or do you kind of just not worry about it and focus on doing the creative stuff? Uh. Yeah, I probably focus on the creative stuff way too much. I'm not good at promoting. I don't know how to, and um, I'm slowly getting better. It's never been a strong point for me. It, it, which It's so weird, too, because I, I want people to listen to it, and I'm, I'm proud of what I've done. But the minute I, I have to think about telling someone, you should listen to me, I feel <laughs> like... <laughs> I feel like a jerk or, or, you know, or what, you know, there's also kind of that stigma of being one of those guys who is like, oh, you should listen to my band, um, which is just, it, it's not a cool thing necessarily. Um, so I, I don't know. I think honestly, what I probably should do is, is spend some time legitimately trying to promote myself and, <laughs> and learning about it and, uh, about the ways how to, it's kind of scary. And so I, uh, I'd rather just kind of be in my own head and, and write stuff and instead of trying to tell people to listen to me. Do you think it's kind of like yeah. blogging where like you're afraid to put your like write things and put it out there because you're like, oh no, people are going to read this. Yeah. So maybe if you pretend like nobody's going to listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. I don't know. But, but at <laughs> the same not. time, you want, someone, you want someone to read it. You want someone to listen to it. But yeah. the, the idea of anyone, especially a complete stranger or someone who you who you don't know who could say, well, and now with the internet, uh, who could say something horrible and make you just feel bad about yourself for weeks. Uh, like, I'm really scared of that too because uh, even a, a slightly poor review <laughs> could send me spiraling because I'd be like, you know, I want them to like me. 
Well, and you care so much about what you do that a lot of times when people are kind of criticizing your art, you feel more like they're criticizing you. Sure, yeah. And and that's a it's a hard line to draw. Yeah, well, because you you want to be open to criticism and and you want to say that that it'll make you better, but at the same time, you don't really you don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, no one loves being told uh, that the guitars were too loud or the or didn't match the vocals or whatever. Yeah, I think it's the way that you feel about self-promotion is something that a lot of creatives can resonate with, like, especially, like, putting yourself out there on the Internet where everybody is putting themselves out there. You feel like you're just shouting yeah. into the void or, like, you're just sure. making, like, adding to the noise on the Internet, you know? You're not actually doing mm-hmm. anything. So I think it's probably really good that you stay so focused on the creative side because I know a lot of people who get too sucked into the social media aspect of things and then all of a sudden they look up and they're like oh I haven't actually created anything in months because I've been trying to get people to my website or whatever trying to re- reach a, a goal or a like goal or something so nothing wrong with focusing on your art for sure so do you guys either one of you have issues with balancing your um, creation with your consumption I know Ashley and I've talked a lot about on the podcast how very often it's so much easier in the evening to get home from a long day at work and you know stuff food in your face and maybe do the dishes if you're feeling really motivated and then you want to just like sit down and watch television and not actually make any progress on your real creative goals is that a struggle for either one of you i would say that has become a more recent struggle with the winter (laughs) because we like we did the album as soon as we were done with that it was like every single night was we're gonna watch friends which we're on like season six now and we didn't start it that long ago um we (laughs) we watch it pretty obsessively because it's so i mean it's so much more relaxing to be like all right i'm gonna sit and just kind of let my brain turn to mush instead of Mm -hmm. like actually creating something or especially i love instagram so I mean, any in-between moment that I could be working on creating something, trying to take, like, a creative picture or something just with my iPhone, I will just, like, scroll through Instagram. And to to a certain point, it's inspiring. But when it's, like, so many hours of my day, it's it's kind of just becomes pathetic and probably not really useful. Uh, yeah. No, it's definitely hard to find the balance. I think I sometimes try to tell myself that... I'm, you know, it's like swipe or something, or I'm like, I'm get, I'm getting ideas, so <laughs> like I can use this for inspiration, <laughs> um, and I try and like justify it by that, or you know, like, oh, but maybe this will give me an idea for something, um, and so I, I can tend to end up end up opting for consuming something under the premise I tell myself that uh, you you can use this for inspiration, or this this could be an idea. It's that's probably a weird thing to do, but I think I tell myself that a lot. <laughs> like, no, you you can this this will be uh this will be helpful for you. I do not think you are alone <laughs> in that thought process. Mm-hmm. I would wager that like ninety eight percent of people trying to reach creative goals out there have the same issues. They're like, well, if I don't see what everyone else is doing, how am I gonna know how what my audience wants? Yeah. Or yeah, uh, those kind of things. And so it is. It's a struggle to like you know, kind of be in the world and be checking things out and kind of have a pulse on what's 
you know, happening or, or what inspiration sources there are out there today versus like being one of those inspiration sources yourself and being someone who is actually creating, whether it's, you know, content or music or photos or whatever. Um, it's definitely a balance that everyone struggles with. So you are not alone. Well, that's, that's, that's always good to know. Yeah, I've spent many hours on Pinterest myself telling myself that, like, this is good for me. <laughs> yeah. This is research. Yeah, yeah exactly. You yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know one of the things that I probably do more often than I ought to is, like, check out with a good book and be like, oh, well, I have to be a good reader in order to be a good writer. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I need to read, like, 300 pages to my three that I write. Um <laughs> So do you guys do the same with books at all? Are you readers? I am not. And I am so not wanting to tell two book lovers that because <laughs> I hope that doesn't hurt your feelings or make you judge me. <laughs> I no, wish that we don't I was. judge. It's really, it's not that I don't love reading. It's that I can't sit still. That's my real, that's my real problem. If I, I love audiobooks and I, I love books really like the information's great. I just don't really like sitting still. But I did bring a book prepared for the book club. Oh, did you? We would love to hear what you've got for that. Um, so the book that I am reading is The Luminous Portrait by Elizabeth Messina. And it's um, she's a film photographer. So the book has a lot of like tips and tricks that she kind of uses. And um, it's actually just really encouraging to get out and encouraged me to just get out and take pictures of anything she's been a photographer for I think over 20 years I want to say and she carries her camera with her everywhere still which I find really impressive because I know that even after like one weekend of shooting all weekend I'm like I don't want to touch my camera at least at least one day you know I don't want to and I don't really carry it with me everywhere um so I, I admire that admire that though because she just wants to appreciate the little things, you know, not just the things she's getting paid to take care of or like big or take pictures of or like the big vacations and stuff. She really wants to capture everyday moments. And I think that that's really cool. I was going to say, I love that perspective as somebody who's not like, I'm not a photographer at all. I'm really bad at taking pictures, but I'm even thinking like, I got like a nice DSLR when my first baby was born and and I was like, I'm going to take all these good pictures of her. And I really haven't done it that often. But I wonder if maybe reading a book like that would sort of encourage me to play around with that more often and like really get out there and like use the camera and take pictures of her. Yeah. Instead of just like the blurry iPhone photo, because it doesn't take a photo fast enough to catch a toddler. Yes, exactly. Yeah, been there. It, it's a struggle. <laughs> uh, so what about yourself, Josiah? Are you a reader as well? Yeah, I love reading. I don't do as much as I used to or wish I did anymore, but um yeah. and now now it's less so. I probably probably only about maybe one a month or something. Well, you know, with growing up and having all those adult responsibilities, you have to uh let something go and sometimes that something is reading. Exactly. I think it's partially because I don't sit still, so that then you true. don't necessarily have like the time to or you don't take the time to necessarily sit down and read. Yeah. So are there any books that you can remember that you have read that were really inspiring to your creativity or made you just like want to go out and like make something? It's called Not Fade Away. Um, 
and then the subline is a short life well lived. Equal parts biography and autobiography of this guy named um, Peter Barton, who was, he's kind of a big figure in cable television mm-hmm. back in getting it started and stuff. Um, but it's, so the biographer is talking to him. And uh, so this is, or sorry, <laughs> the book is about him being diagnosed with cancer and sort of his last, I wish I could remember how long, but I feel like it's a couple years. Um, so all of the biographer stuff is sort of that end time talking about it. And then then Peter Barton does his autobiographical stuff where he's talking about his life and remembering things. Um, and it's just, it's a really neat book. <laughs> um, I just happened to find it at a thrift store and I liked the cover. <laughs> um, so I bought it, but it ended up being probably one of my favorite books. And it's just, it's really, um, I don't know, really inspiring about getting out and, and just doing what you want to and living life to the fullest and stuff. That sounds like, um, I know a book that I read a couple of years ago that really inspired me to even kind of set on my own and start my own business and those kinds of things is, uh, Donald Miller's A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. Did I get that right? I love that book. (laughs) That's one of the few I've actually read. (laughs) (laughs) You sat still long enough for that one? Oh, I did the audiobook. I'm sorry. I didn't actually read it. (laughs) Hey, it counts. Audiobooks 100% count. Um, I just, I remember that book, kind of like you said, just just being really inspiring to go out and and to do something and to to write your own story was kind of the premise of that that nonfiction book by Donald Miller. And have you read that one? I don't think I have, actually. I feel like, I, oh, I, I know, I've read Blue Like Jazz. That's what it is. Yeah, I read that one, too. I read the both of those books by Donald Miller, actually. And I it's kind of funny because Jenna keeps talking about how she can't sit still. And I actually read um, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years on the elliptical machine at the gym because I used to um, get... Uh, check out ebooks from the library and then like sit there on the elliptical machine with my Kindle. So I felt really like motivated while I was reading that book because he's talking about like getting out there and doing things and I was reading it while I was running. So I felt very (laughs) like it was very appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) perfect. I'm exercising my mind and my body at the same time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. I felt so justified reading it. That is great. No, I, I think a lot of people here at the or that we've interviewed on the Chasing Creative Podcast have mentioned, you know, books and resources like that that made them just kind of rethink what they were doing. And um, like one of our previous interviewers said, uh, Lindsay Crandall said, you know, I could just sit on the couch all day and watch TV all day but I want to be making things instead. And I think that is the perspective of a lot of creative people and why they do crazy things like spend their lunch hours in their car recording music instead of, you know, surfing Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those autobiographies especially seem to really have that draw to them where like seeing what somebody else did with their life or seeing like, like especially those like end of life um, biographies or autobiographies just really seem to like pack a punch because it reminds us all like, yeah, that's right. This is going to end. Like, what are you going to look, have to look back on mm-hmm. at the end of it? Yeah. So I don't know any other books you have to add to the discussion. Um, any of you, Ashley, Josiah, Jenna, that's pretty much all the books I know. No, I'm, <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
exactly. I love it. But then again, I would rather sit and read a book than cook most days. So you have me <laughs> on okay. the, the opposite side of the scale there. Well, back in the day, I used to read while cooking. Oh. How <laughs> the did recipe? you about, Wait. How did you do that? Um, I would like if you were like stirring a sauce or like waiting for something to finish baking or whatever, I would just like sit in the kitchen with a book. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, no, that's cooking. the way to do it. That is the way to do it because there are those awkward like five minute. As I'm saying this, I realize that I'm like a reading multitasker. Like I don't just sit down and read. Apparently I like read and do things at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, because don't you read and push a stroller around your neighborhood at the same time? I do. um, Although I do that mostly out of necessity now because if I just have Hadley with me, she'll like she won't sit still or she'll like want my attention. And so I actually get more read if I pop her in the stroller and walk her around. (laughs) I, I don't know if I can multitask like that, so props to you. I would probably trip on a sidewalk crack and die. Oh, it's been done. Yeah, that's, that's happened. That's what would happen here. So. <laughs> Before you guys go, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you around the internet? Okay, you can find me at Jenna... Oh, no, I don't even know what it is for Instagram. Hold on a second. <laughs> I think it's Jenna M. <laughs> Hazel. I, I recently changed it because I had it as just a photography thing. That's why I'm questioning myself. Hold on. I'm looking you up, too. I okay. think it's just <laughs> Jenna.Hazel. Jenna.Hazel. You can also find me at my website, which is JennaHazelPhotography.com, and my blog, which is you can link from my photography site but you can also go to jennahazel.com and I don't do Twitter I'm sorry Um, (laughs) but otherwise I have a Facebook page too which is how do you do that is it like facebook.com slash okay facebook.com slash jennahazelphotography question mark (laughs) I'm gonna send you the link but for people that are listening I hope that's at least helpful Basically, just Google Jenna Hazel, and you'll be found in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter, at Josiah Hazel. I think my Instagram is Josiah Raps, which is a false a false statement. Um, <laughs> like, raps is in rapper? Uh, yeah. Hip-hop. Okay. Uh, things, things, uh, something I'm not good at. Probably josiahazel.com or josiahazel.tumblr.com is the same thing. And I post music there sometimes. And then settlinghouses.bandcamp.com. You can listen to music from us. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys once again for coming on the show. And we hope to hear all about your Denver adventures soon. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Creative podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, be sure to stop by ChasingCreative.com to check out the show notes, catch up on past episodes, and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you leave us a review on iTunes. You can also join in the creative conversation by tweeting to us at Abigail E. Krebs or at Brooks Editorial or by using the hashtag ChasingCreative on Twitter and Instagram. 
If there's a guest you'd love to hear from on the podcast, or if you have any feedback for us, drop us a line at chasingcreativepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go chase your creative.